When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On the LaTeX Sports Network from Learfield IMG College, this is Inside Tech Baseball, brought to you by Fairway Carts, Custom Golf Carts, and more. Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Origin Bank, premier partner and official bank of Louisiana Tech Athletics. And by Northern Louisiana Medical Center, the official imaging partner of La Tech Athletics. Now live from Doghouse Sports Grill, here is your host, the voice of the Bulldogs, Dave Nitz. Well, thanks and good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Doghouse Sports Grill here in Ruston. Dave Nitz along with Lane Burroughs, the head coach of the Bulldogs. Nice crowd on this Monday night. And, uh, Lane, uh, you you even received a present before we went on the wow. air. Wow. Look Miss, at this. Miss Polly comes up with this. Got a, a got sweep. A, <laughs> yeah, a broom with the uh, old Bulldog on it, Louisiana Tech. Look at that. That's that's good stuff. That's, that's right. good stuff. Yeah. Only Miss Polly. Still use- that's right. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll put this in our new facility, and we can use it whenever we – we call it the sweepy-beepy when we sweep somebody, so we'll use it when we get that. There you go. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, what an exciting weekend we had in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You're talking about some nail biters. All four games, well, the last one wasn't that much of a nail biter. Tech had them all the way, winning 6-1. to one. But uh, I know we're going backwards here a little bit. But, Lane, a uh, little controversy in the fifth inning of that game. Just a bit, Hunter. Yeah. Do, do we want to revisit this? Are we going to do that? All right. Well, uh, I've already tried to talk about it on the air. And you said. You know what's crazy is when all that was going on, because we had about 15 minutes. I know. Uh, it took forever. I actually said, you can verify this with our coaches. I actually looked at Coach Gaspard and said, I would love to hear Dave, how he's explaining this to the audience, what's going on right now. It was, uh, they had runners, runners second. And uh, hit a ball off the wall for a double. The guy was tagging at second, so he only made it to third. And uh, their crowd started going crazy, saying it was a home run. So their coach came out, said it was a home run. It was obviously off the padded wall. The uh, brick wall uh, behind it makes a distinct different sound than a padded wall. And the thing that happened was the umpire changed and said it was a ground rule double. Well, there's no way. And uh, once he said that, it was all uh, everything went haywire. And, <laughs> And uh, he allowed that guy to score. Yeah, I think he went out and asked Cole McConnell what happened. I couldn't believe what I was actually seeing. But um, and all that, Jared Wharf's having to sit there and watch it and can't play catch, and he's pitching a gem of a game. And uh, then they let the guy score, and I go out, and my point was it's either a home run or a double. It can't be a ground rule double. It come back into the ballpark. And um, 
Uh, it hit a wall and didn't hit the ground before, and it come back in the ballpark, so it can't be a ground rule double. It's either a home run or a double. You need to make the call. And he said, it's a double. I said, well, then that guy doesn't score because he made it to third. And he'd already pointed said, the guy, at the score. That's right. He said, the guy's second. I said, no, that's the guy that hit the ball. So <laughs> there was a lot of confusion, but uh, ultimately I think obviously they got the call right. And uh, that's another reason we need instant replay in our league so bad because uh, they don't want to miss a call on purpose, and they're doing the best they can. And with a three-man crew, it makes it tough sometimes. And uh, they got it right, and uh, we got out of the inning without any runs scored. So that, you know, probably deflating to their team. And, and, uh, but it was a lot of controversy there, some chaos going on. And I think it uh, could have been handled a little bit differently, uh, but it wasn't. Some, some stuff was changed back and forth and a lot of conversations and – uh, but at the end of it all, I, th- I don't think. I know they got the call right. Well, I, 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 I don't know all, if anybody's following me there. But, I, uh, yeah, I have. It, I, I was surprised that the Middle Tennessee coach didn't get tossed. Well, I think he was trying. I think he was doing the best he could. Uh, <laughs> to get tossed? But, yeah, I think there's no doubt about that. He was trying to fire up his club, and I think uh, he probably just didn't say the magic word or words. And uh, I think he was doing everything in his power to get ejected and and they didn't want to eject him. And uh, that would have probably been a simple uh, uh, end to it all was uh, run him out of the game, make the call, and move on. But for whatever reason, they didn't want to to, uh, to throw him out of the ball game. And it, it, I think it was a lot going on that didn't need to. But uh, it, it ended up playing out uh, in our favor. The call was right that we ended up with. And Jarrett did a great job con- maintaining his composure through all that. And he punched out the next guy, one out to make it two and uh, got the next guy out and we were able to get out of the inning without giving up any runs. Yeah, that, uh, you know, from an ejection standpoint, I've always been told when you talk to an umpire and you say you, that's the magic word right there. Well, if that was the case, I probably should have been thrown out of a lot of games. Uh, they're trying to cut down ejections in college baseball. It's a good thing, and uh, that's probably why they were hesitant to uh, run him. And, uh yeah, I mean, you, you, and we, it just it was a delay, and it, you can't uh-huh. have a delay. You get warnings on the mound if you step off too many times and things of that nature. Well, that, that was uh, – you couldn't have a bigger delay than what we had. <laughs> I don't know if you went to break during it. No, but, uh, I did not. You probably could have. Uh, well, I didn't know but, if I said, well, if I go to a break, then I, if something happens during that break, then, you know, I yeah, can sure, explain that's right. what has happened. At the end of the day, we just want the calls right, and uh, that's all anybody wants. Uh, I think they're – I think their crowd and their fans played into it a little more, got their coach fired up and got him out there. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm just very proud of Jarrett for maintaining his composure, like I said, and finding a way to, uh, to uh, limit the damage. Uh, there really wasn't any damage and get the next two guys out because that's a lot of standing around. And uh, when he's pitching good and he's in a groove and he's in a rhythm, that's a lot of standing around and not really doing anything. And they will not let, let that uh, pitcher throw any warm-ups during that time, do they? He threw a few. He can throw a few. He can throw while that's going on. But uh, you don't want him to throw too much. At right. one point, he had thrown like 20 pitches, it seemed like. So we had to come and quit throwing so much. <laughs> and uh, It just it kind of stopped the game. There was a good rhythm, a good flow going, especially on our end. And uh, it was unfortunate. But the good thing is I got the call right. You know, of course, being around – pro baseball quite a bit uh i've seen a lot of annex by managers at the pro level from yourself getting thrown out what is the most circus thing that you've ever done getting thrown out of a game me personally yeah oh i probably said something that i did don't need to be repeated i would think maybe i not too animated. I've never thrown a bucket of balls or bats out on the field or anything like that. Maybe throwing my hat, but uh, usually it's just trying to make a point. I've actually been thrown out of a game before, and I wasn't mad. I told the umpire to eject me. Uh, need to get our team going. I was at another school, but uh, sometimes your team's uh, not a lot of fire, and you need to you need to light a fire. And sometimes that's a way to do it. And I've I've, I've actually asked umpires, I'm not leaving until you run me out of the game, so we can stay out here all day, and I don't want to throw you out. Well, you're going to have to. I'm not walking off the field. So um, so I've actually done that. Not actually been upset, but actually asked to be ejected, so maybe we can get these guys going over there. <laughs> I guess the the most the odd thing I've ever seen, we had a manager in the American Association, actually played for the Shreveport Captains earlier in his career, but uh, – he was in the dugout. He was he was coaching at Pensacola. He was the head coach. So he had been yakking at the umpire. Uh, 
mostly the whole game. Well, he got fed up with it. Well, he takes the bucket of balls sure. and dumps them out in the dugout. Well, that wasn't the end of it. He took that bucket and put over his head and got a bat and walked out there like a blind man to the umpire. Wow. Yeah. That not only I not only got him ejected, but he also was suspended for four games. <laughs> well, I do know a guy, quick story, he got ejected. The umpire told him he didn't want to hear another word. He was a coach in this state. He's long retired and told him he was coaching third, didn't want to hear anything else, or he was going to run him out of the ball game. Not another word. And uh, so the coach proceeded to start trying to stand on his head in the third base box. He kept trying. He was kicking his legs up. And the umpire said, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to get a better look at your strike zone. So he ran him after that. So it's a pretty good. That's one of the best ones I've ever heard. Oh, I actually yeah. had that verified by a lot of people that actually happened. So well, that's a yeah, pretty good I, one. I've seen some good ones, and I'm sure you have too. And it's uh, – it's kind of like a circus out there sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. You get in the dog days of summer and, <laughs> and uh, deep into a season. Oh, man, tell me some about it. things can happen. Well, let's talk a little baseball. Uh, let's go back to the first game on Friday night when the Bulldogs and uh, Middle Tennessee hooked up. And uh, what a wild game that was. Uh, it came right down to the last, uh, last out of the game. And something I don't think I've ever seen, and I know you talked about this with me, they had runners – at first and second with two outs, bottom of the ninth, trailing by two runs, and they do a double steal. Yeah, they we, we talked about it prior to the series that they run a lot. They lead our league in stolen bases, not even close, uh, probably by 30 with the, the team behind them in second. Uh, they've also been thrown out a lot. They've got over 120 attempts and over 95 stolen bases. So we knew they were going to run, and that was a word. They're going to run any time. It doesn't matter the situation. And and even if you throw them out, they're going to keep running. And they did. I mean, if you throw the guy out, ball game's over. you got a guy at home plate that if he hits a home run, they win. Sure. Or drives the ball in the gap, it's tied at least, and he's in scoring position. But they took off, and, and uh, they, as advertised, they ran a lot uh, Friday night. It was kind of strange. They threw off. I don't think they liked the matchup with Fincher, so they pitched a guy who – um, only had like two innings, three innings. Right. So it was kind of strange. I don't know if we had gamesmanship going on. And uh, they had him starting, and they had TBA, TBA, TBA was their starting. Uh, I know in some leagues you're only allowed to, to name one TBA. You can't do more than that. You have to name a starting rotation unless there's an injury during the series. But you're not allowed to, to do the TBAs. And we had, we had three. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, it's like we told our guys, they're going to pitch somebody. So – Let's not worry about it. Let's uh, control what we can. And I thought we did a good job of that on Friday night. Uh, the fortunate thing for us, not for them, is they started this young man, and we ended up scoring five runs off of him quickly. And it, it mattered because the ball game got, got pretty hairy there at the end. And uh, I thought they swung the bats a lot better. They, they stole nine bases. It's kind of crazy as the, as the series, uh, we navigated the series through Sunday. They stole nine bases on Friday. Uh, we threw them out game one. Jennings did a great job attacking the running game. They did not steal another base. And I don't even think they attempted a stolen base uh, I can't second game one. Saturday or Sunday. So it was kind of kind of strange how things transpired and kind of took them out of their, their game and, and what they do. It was – it was uh, but credit our pitchers. And George did a great job catching and throwing the ball. George Corona behind home plate. Uh, but I, it was a – it was a wild deal with the start, and I was I was very proud of our guys for jumping out on him, and and uh, it seemed like every time we would score or they would score, we would score, so they couldn't get a shutdown inning, and uh, yeah, they it was right there to the last pitch. Uh, they had the tying run at second base, a single, they tie the ball game, and and uh, I thought our bullpen did outstanding this weekend. I thought Martinez was electric. I mean, his, if you look at his line, it's two and a third, three hits, uh, three earned. I mean, two earned runs, but. I thought the ball was absolutely exploding out of his hand. Even their coaches commented, I thought he was as good as he's been all year, and Krieger came in got the last two outs. And, um, you know, the bullpen's heard about it. Uh, these, these guys, they hear it. They're, they're, not, they're not deaf to what's going on, and, and uh, they know there's been struggles down there. So I was so proud of them. I thought Coach Silva did a good job with them. He said all the bullpens all week were very focused, very workmanlike, uh, professional approach. And we didn't have to use a lot of guys. Obviously, Jennings gave us a complete game, but – uh, we did, we used the same, what, three or four guys, five guys out of the bullpen, and every one of them were outstanding. So that was a shot in the arm for us because we, uh, like you said, we had uh, three of the games were very, very close, uh, come down to the last pitch of the ball game to decide it. I know you as a head coach don't question the other coaches, but to me 
that double steal in the bottom of the ninth inning was like, you know, putting fire gasoline well, on the fire. In a way. If that's who you are and that's your identity, that's what you stick with. It was just kind of funny how they went away from that as the series progressed. Uh, but it, uh, it was very interesting. You know, they had a game uh, one on Saturday, Jennings. Uh, complete game. It was uh, late in the ball game, and it's a one-run game. It's one nothing, and uh, guy first was trying to time up Jennings, and he took off for he. All we had to do was step off and throw the second. Guy, that was a huge out. I mean, if a guy hits a double, game's tied. If he hits a homer, they take the lead, and uh, just so much hanging in the balance. Everything seemed to be under a microscope, like it is every weekend. Uh, since the 20 to six game against Rice, it seems like all our games have been one run, two runs, come down <laughs> to the last out, and uh, very proud of our guys for bouncing back Friday night after last weekend and, and uh, played with a little bit of an edge. And I thought our pitching was good. Fincher didn't have his best stuff. He'll be the first to tell you that. Uh, he's not here tonight. They got the Texpies going on on campus. But, um, you know, I, I thought they were running from the matchup, to be quite honest. And uh, he was not sharp. Sometimes that will come back to get you when you do that and try to overthink it. And But Martinez and Krieger were. And uh, we scored enough runs. You know, uh, Taylor Young didn't have – if you look at his numbers, four for 18 on the weekend, but he had the huge triple – uh, with two outs, two strikes to drive in a run to extend the lead in in uh, Friday night's game, and um, I thought we uh, I thought our guys just uh, did a tremendous job. It was good to have Netterville back in the lineup. He had a great weekend, drove a couple balls out of the yard, had a triple off the wall yesterday. He had two hits. I'm looking at the box right now from uh, Friday night, two big hits for us, and um, uh, it, it just makes our lineup longer. It lengthens it. It makes it stronger to have his bat, that power bat, and that presence in the lineup, and. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough one, and they got good arms, really good arms. So we knew even with the win Friday night going into Saturday, it was going to be really tough. And, you know, you talk about Steele Netterville just for a second. He may not hit a home run every time he comes to the plate, but he has that possibility. And from an opposing coach's standpoint and a pitcher's standpoint, you have to kind of pitch that fine line, don't you? Well, it stresses you out because he's a presence. If you're <laughs> calling pitches or you're pitching – uh, you can't make a mistake because he's so strong he can miss hit a ball. He does it all the time. He did it this weekend. I didn't think either one of his home runs he really got them. One went off the brick wall, but I mean, it is not, I've seen him little, hit him a lot harder than that. But he's so strong he can miss hit a ball. If he gets it up in the air and gets beneath it, uh, it's got a chance to go out of the park. You saw that on his triple yesterday. Um, he got a, it. Really was like a pop up, but he's so dead gum strong it just kept going off the wall and standing on third and that's what he can do with one swing of the bat he can change the course of a ball game and we've missed that and I thought we really missed it last weekend against Marshall with all their left-handed pitching and I don't know the numbers but I bet if you went back looked at his career uh still uh pulverizes left-handed pitching he sees them really well and and I thought last weekend there was a gap in our lineup with him not in there against uh all of Marshall's left-handed arms but good to have him back out there he looked good he was moving around good. Obviously, D.H. had not played in the outfield, and, and uh, had it was good. I think he had to hit his first at bat, so that was good. I know that took some stress off of him. And uh, just uh, we played really well. We kicked a couple balls, made a couple errors. I thought the, the field was playing really fast. It was kind of damp. We were slipping all over the place, a lot going on. But we held the rope. We held on and uh, were able to win the ball game. You know, from, from a coaching standpoint, what is the key – for you as a third-base coach to saying, okay, he's coming into second or making a short turn at second or a big turn or whatever, what, is, what do you look for from the outfielder's standpoint to send him to third or not? Well, you got to um, look at their arms. you got to know their arm strength. That's why when they're taking in and out, you pay attention to how they're, how they're throwing or you get reports of this guy, left, left fielder's got a good arm, center field, whatever. Uh, who can really throw the ball, and then it's all about making quick split-second decisions. you got to know your runners, uh, who's running the bases, and uh, some guys it may be uh, that are at second base, they're really good runners, it's a no-brainer. Uh, I'm just a firm believer if it's two outs, you get a base hit, you got a runner second, you got to try to score them unless, the guy that, unless it's an absolute missile, one hopper right. to somebody and the guy can't run. Force those guys to make throws and make a play, and and uh, you got to know your runners and who can who can uh, get there on a the ball. And if if the outfield where they're where they're moving, if it takes them to their left or to their right, it's probably going to be hard for them to make a throw home. If it's hit right at them, it's probably going to be a lot easier. But uh, got to know the arm strength. Got to know your runners on the bases, the situation. Don't think the elements don't play into it. Is the ground wet? Is it going to be a wet baseball? There's a lot that goes into it. And if it's a runner at second, I like to 
look at the field and think of, I tell our guys, look where they're playing all the time. You got to know where your outfielders is. You watch a big league game, balls hit, those guys are gone. They know right where those guys are playing. And that's a key too, uh, knowing where your outfielders are playing. And again, it's, uh, it's, it's thinking ahead. What am I going to do if it's hit here or hit there? And it's, it's just about making quick decisions on the fly and, and knowing your personnel and knowing their personnel in the outfield. Bulldogs banged out 16 hits in that 9-7 to win on Friday night. I know you were glad to see the Bulldogs' bats uh, come alive, you know, and you were going into this series. I know you were a little concerned after what happened with the Marshall series. Yeah, I didn't think we swung the bats that well. I think their pitching had a lot to do with it. They uh, they, they, they kind of went at our lefties with their left-handed arms, and they got the best of us. And uh, to come out of the game, I think we started out – Five straight hits in the first inning on Friday, I think, and that was a good sign. Go hit, 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 hit. Score three runs. Get a shutdown. Come back out two. Now we're st- now we're up five to nothing, and uh, they scored two. We scored another one. It seemed like every time they would score, we would score, and we just kept the pressure on. and And uh, I thought our guys played loose. You know, the concerning part was we didn't get to practice Thursday night. We got up there. They had to tarp on the field. It's raining, so we had to hit in the indoor. Uh, you try to try to not make too much of that because we're deep into the season, the hay's in the barn, so to speak. But uh, we like to stay in our routine, so we didn't have our normal Thursday practice. Uh, it was just kind of a makeshift. We didn't get a lot done, to be quite honest with you. And um, so that's concerning. But our, I thought our guys were loose. I thought they were having fun, and I thought they played a lot freer this weekend and uh, with a lot less stress on them. And, and I think you see the results of that. Bulldogs won that Friday night game 9-7, to then uh, head for a Saturday afternoon doubleheader. We'll be back and talk about that when we come back. This is the LaTeX Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Looking for cleaner energy? Propane can do that. When you are cooking with clean, affordable propane, you're cooking with gas. In the wintertime, nothing heats a home like Louisiana propane. And when you need hot water, propane's got you covered. Oh, And you won't regret that propane generator when the power goes out. I'm Miss Louisiana Courtney Hammonds. For more information and to find a propane dealer near you, visit louisianapropane.com. We're about living in the moment. You know, that moment when you open a Pepsi and hear the music. We're the doers, the shakers, the tastemakers. The ones who dance to their own beat. The ones who stay cool when things heat up. Whether the party is big or small. We're the ones who never want it to end. The ones who can't stop. And never will. At Pepsi.com. Pepsi. Live for now. Since 1938, Claiborne Electric Cooperative has been answering the call for much-needed service. Claiborne Electric's board of directors, management team, and employees all live right here in North Louisiana. And we know what our members want and need because we are their neighbors. Our number one goal has always been to help provide a better way of life for our members, and our commitment to that goal is stronger than ever. Claiborne Electric Cooperative, we are your friends and neighbors. Welcome back to Inside Tech Baseball, live from the Doghouse Sports Grill here at Ruston. Dave Nitz along with Lane Burroughs, head coach of the Bulldogs. You know, when the Bulldogs are on the road like this coming weekend down in Miami, the Doghouse Sports Grill is your away game watch party destination. Call today. Make your reservations for away games because this is the place to be. The Doghouse Sports Grill where the Bulldogs are always on. Well, the Bulldogs uh, doubleheader on Saturday. Starting at uh, 1 o'clock, it was, against Middle Tennessee. And, and Wayne, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, you start Ryan Jennings in that first game of the doubleheader. He had given up more home runs than any other Tech pitcher on the staff, I think 11. And with that uh, left center field only 365, down the line 330, and they had some power hitters. 
I was a little concerned on how he would handle it, but, boy, he stepped up, didn't he? Yeah, I think he uh, calmed your concerns a little bit. Didn't he, he did, he? just uh, a little bit. You know what, and he's not far off his surgery. you got to remember that. The last thing to come back uh, when you have Tommy John's a breaking ball. His breaking ball has been so much better his last two times out, and it was outstanding. Uh, don't let him get going because that's what it, what we saw the other day is what we saw when he was going to be our Friday night guy. you got to remember he ain't, he's not a year off his uh, Tommy John, and – and uh, the breaking ball hadn't been, it's, it's starting to come back. Uh, I thought his last two outings really good and outstanding this past Saturday. But uh, you're facing a really good arm in Aaron Brown, Vanderbilt transfer. He's fourth, fifth in the country in strikeouts. Uh, so we knew our, our work beat cut out for us. And I looked at Ryan and Brown's numbers right before the game. I was sitting in the dugout, very similar, uh, with the exceptions of the punch outs. Uh, innings pitch, DRA, uh, runs walks, uh, all that stuff, very similar numbers. So I was like, this ought to be a pretty good matchup. Uh, and it was. It was a quick game. It was one nothing. Matulia got into a solo homer. And, um, you know, Coach Gaspar came up to me in about the fifth and said, I, I think we're going to have to shut them out. And I said, I think you're right. It, <laughs> we, it's, this one's getting – it's going to be tough. I don't know how many runs we can score. And, and uh, I felt good about it. I thought, Ryan, hitters tell you everything. Uh, you don't have to worry about how hard somebody's throwing and all that. The hitter will let you know how the guy's throwing. and They just weren't getting good swings off of him. When they got on base, he made the comment to Coach Silva, uh, you know, Ryan's a great kid, uh, outstanding young man, but he's he got a little killer in him when he gets it across the white lines. And he said, they ain't running on me today. And they didn't. And uh, picked some guys off. George, he got the ball uh, to George in, in good shape, was able to throw out two or three guys, and he held the baseball for a long time, took them out. Guys were trying to get their jumps and leads, and they couldn't go because he was holding the baseball. He went to the slide step. Ryan does not like pitching in the slide step. If you go back and look at his video, it's, it's a high leg kick out of the stretch. And uh, to make that adjustment middle of the year, middle of the game, and uh, he was outstanding. He was very good. He was locked in, and, and – uh, Man, that's like Coach Guy. I felt like him. We're going to have to shut him out because I don't know how much we're going to score because this dude's really good that's pitching against us. And thank goodness for Matulia, who had a great weekend. I think he was 9 for 12, uh, had the big home run in game one. That was a difference. You never think that's going to be the difference, but it was uh, when two really good arms are going at each other. Especially in the third inning, you know, you get a run, you say, well, we probably need to get another run or so. But that stood up uh, with that home run. Yeah, there was only uh, 11 total hits in the game. And, uh, it looks like we made one error. I don't remember it, but uh, there was one double, the home run, and that's it. There was only two extra base hits, and there it is, caught stealing three times. The key of the game was they had the, I think Mabry was on uh, uh, seventh inning maybe, and it was one nothing obviously, and, and he left early. He thought he had Jennings timed up, and that's why you hold the baseball because it takes a base stealer out of his rhythm. He thought he had him timed. He step off. We throw to second. We erase the runner. We erase the tying run, and, and then he went to work and able to win the ball game. You know, and, and that says a lot about Jennings as far as stepping off. A lot of times pitchers will see that runner from first trying to go to second. They will not step off on the rubber, and they'll try to spin and maybe throw it wild yeah, someplace. He held his composure. Yeah. Everybody yelled in the play, step off, so it's – it's human nature to kind of, when you hear everybody yell at you, to kind of jump, and he didn't. And that would have been a balk. It happens sure. sometimes. And he held his composure. Guy took off. He stepped stepped off. He was locked in from the get-go. He was ready to go. And uh, I'm, I think Ryan's throwing the ball better than anybody on our staff right now. And uh, maybe he's hitting his stride at the perfect time here as we uh, get to the end of the season. A five-hit shutout. Uh, and uh, Tyler, I, I thought, what's that, the ninth, eighth or ninth uh, shutout? Eight he shutouts says, we've had this season. Eight shutouts, yeah. Huh. That's pretty darn good. It's really good. It's uh, <laughs> You're probably going to win if the other team doesn't score. It makes <laughs> it least, easy on those hitters, that's for sure. At least you have a good chance. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> when that uh, first game, one to nothing, so you think, well, what's the second game going to be like? Well, the Bulldogs scored three runs in the fourth inning after they'd scored a couple of runs, in the, one in the first and one in the second. It was a three to two lead, and then – Bulldogs get a run in the top of the sixth inning, but Middle Tennessee came back and got two runs in the bottom of the sixth inning. So here we are, tied ball game, and guess who comes to the plate with two out and nobody on base? Taylor Young. Yeah, Wigginton, the guy they started, I thought he was outstanding. I mean, he was really good, and he was mixing in and out, changing speeds, and all three. He was landing all three of his pitches, and he kind of kept us off balance, and uh, we didn't score to the fourth inning, and I – Honestly, I was like, man, we're, we're not really going to 
<laughs> it don't look like we're going to score much today uh, after the game one, and I thought he was good. And uh, get, tip your cap to him. And like you said, we had it right there to win. We brought Tompkins in to finish it out. Follis got the huge double play for us in the sixth. Uh, we just needed him to get us through that inning, and uh, he got a big double play ball, middle infield, Alex to Taylor, and we're able to turn it, and that was huge, get us out of the inning. And then Tompkins right there to slam the door, and they – they uh, they were able to get a hit up the middle. They uh, we were up uh, up by two or up by is that right? Yeah, up by two and uh, two strike, two out. Base hit up the middle, score both runs, tied the ball game, and and uh, credit our guys for coming right back. They brought in Zaz. He's their closer. He had give up one home run all year, and and uh, he's very good. Taylor does what he does. He battled. He competed. Some of his at bats don't start till he gets two strikes on him. He has zero problem hitting with two strikes and and. Uh, he got two quick strikes on him, then he, then he commenced to absolutely compete in his tail off, and he fouled off a lot of pitches. He took a lot of borderline. He made a mistake. He drove it out of the yard. That's what big-time players do. He, he always steps up, uh, it seems like, when it's, when it's clutch time. He's a clutch player, and um, like I said in postgame, I'm, good, I'm glad he's a bulldog. Uh, he's one of those guys you love coaching, and he's always ready to play. And uh, he'll run to the moment. He ain't running from it. Uh, he will run right into it. And, and it held up. Tompkins uh, went back out in the bottom of the seventh and got him. I think they did get a runner on, but uh, he didn't score. And uh, we were able to hang on for the win. Yeah, they had a two-out double in that. That's uh, right. That's Mabry. Yep, yeah. sure was. And, by the way, I, I, don't, I know I talked about it on the air. J.T. Mabry is the son of Bob Mabry. Uh, John Mabry. John Mabry, yep. the former major leaguer. Sure is. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, it. Good he has player. A pretty good bloodlines there. Yeah, he's a good player. I remember him two years ago as a freshman, started at third for him. They've moved him to second. Really good player. And, and uh, yeah, he got the double there to uh, put the tie and run at second. And Tompkins uh, held his composure, too. I thought his stuff was really good. He didn't get any punch outs, but I thought the ball was sinking and he was inducing some ground balls and some weak contact. So, again, I thought the bullpen did outstanding in, uh, all day Saturday. I asked, I asked Taylor – Young, I guess it was uh, Sunday morning. He was eating breakfast with the team. I said, <clears throat> "Did uh, did a guy try to sneak a fastball by you on that uh, pitch that you hit out of the ballpark?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "Cause he had thrown him a couple of changeups, and then he came back with a fastball and he tried to sneak it by him. And uh, a lot of times you can't sneak that fastball by uh, Taylor Young, even though he's not a." Powerful-looking guy. He's got some strength. He's like Dustin Pedroia. He's a dirt bag, and uh, he's a throwback. He's a ball player, but don't let it fool you. He's very smart, and uh, he watches the game. He watches every pitcher. He looks at the charts, and uh, he don't just hang his game on being a dirt bag. He's a very, very smart baseball player. He uh, he kind of runs our show out there. I mean, he will. He's like the coach on the field. He'll call timeout. He sees stuff all the time, and. If he calls a pick at second and a pitcher doesn't step off and, and attack it, it, it upsets him. Like, he'll, he'll let them know like a coach would. And uh, he is very, very smart. He pays attention. He watches the game. He watches pitchers. And, and uh, it makes a difference when he gets in there to, uh, at home plate. I noticed uh, in the scouting report, uh, uh, I think it was either Saturday or Sunday, I was in there with you guys. And, and he was really looking at everything and listening to everything that was going on that coaches were talking about. Yeah, to each his own. They named a starter during our scouting report, so that's <laughs> all I'll say about that. I was talking to the team, and my phone buzzed, and I said, well, there's your starter. So Matt Miller's trying to pull him up on video, and <laughs> it's not the way you want to draw it up. It's the way it went down, and, and uh, you know, a guy like Hunter Wells don't want to hear a lot. He don't want to <laughs> see it. He just wants to get in there and hit. But a guy like Taylor, I walked out of scouting report, and he's sitting there by himself staring at the computer and watching the guy's tendencies. That's why he's a good player. I mean, he, that's his way of preparing. And a guy like Hunter Wells, who also can hit, he's the other side. He don't, he don't need to hear all of it, don't want it. He don't want a lot going on in his head, see ball, hit ball. And, uh, but to each his own, as long as they're producing, they can, uh, they can approach it any way they like. Well, you know, Taylor, Taylor Young, uh, I don't know what his plans are in the future. Besides, I know he'd like to play some pro ball, but I think he would be a good coach for somebody. There's no question. I think he wants to go into coach, and he needs to. He's a very uh, heady player. He's a, uh, uh, he's a great player. He's a, he's a joy to coach. He comes ready to go every day. He has fun. He loves it. He competes. High-level competitor from way back. And uh, he has the best mullet on the team, too. His hair is outstanding right now. That mullet is uh, unprecedented. So I don't know how long he'll keep that going, but as long as he's hitting, he can wear it any way he wants. I love it that when he's at the plate 
and an umpire calls a strike, and it may be just off the plate outside or inside, he'll kind of turn to his right and kind of look at the umpire. Just He doesn't say anything, but he kind of glances and gives him a kind of a dirty look. He actually does say some things, and oh, I've does. already <laughs> warned him. I can't have him ejected. He's come close. and If the player's ejected, he's suspended two games. Oh, I cannot goodness. have him suspended. Uh, I thought Sunday, we'll get to that game, but he got punched out his first on a check swing that he didn't. He was not happy, and then he got rung up. I thought he I thought he carried that at bat with him a lot. He was not happy, and uh, uh, he was frustrated from the get go uh, yesterday. So yeah, he'll he's just a competitor. But uh, I'd rather I'd rather have to reel him in a little bit than have to try to push him and put it in him because it's hard to put that competitive nature in somebody if they don't already have it. He's got it. It's it's easier to reel him back, pull him back if you have to do that. Bulldogs won another one-run game, 5-4 to four, over Middle Tennessee. And, again, it was the home run by Taylor Young in the top of the seventh inning with two outs and nobody on base enabled the Bulldogs to win that one. One more game to go on Sunday afternoon. We'll be back and talk about that game and the rest of Inside Tech Baseball from the Doghouse Sports Grill. This is the LaTeX Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. We are LaTeX family at Fairway Carts in Minden. And this baseball season, we want to recognize the players who made the personal commitment to come back and play another year for the Diamond Dogs. Along with the excitement of the new stadium, this commitment is something to be celebrated. LaTeX athletes, fans, and alumni are some of the most loyal in the nation. Let's keep it that way. Proud to support everything LaTeX. Fairway Carts in Minden. Ever loyal be. Hey, Bella, do you like going to the dentist? Yes, I love Dr. Page. Kids like to come to Trenton Dental Center, and we love protecting their smile. This is Dr. Page Valentine. We recommend children start dental checkups after their third birthday. Our dental examination of your child's teeth and gums will ensure their winning smile stays that way. Trenton Dental Center, located at 1605 North Trenton in Ruston and online at trentondentalruston.com. The moment they hand you the keys, or when your house becomes a home, when your dreams become a reality, these are moments you cherish. At Century Next Bank, by asking the right questions and working with you, we earn your business. We want to know your family and understand your story. Those aren't just words, it's the way we do business. Building financial success one moment at a time. Century Next Bank, what's next for you? Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, Louisiana, do you want a great deal? Talk to Jim Taylor. He can make it real in a Ford. At Jim Taylor Ford Lincoln, we're more than just an auto dealership. We're also proud to be part of such a great and supportive community. We have so much to offer from the ingenuity of our universities to a thriving downtown area. At Jim Taylor Ford Lincoln, this sense of community is very important to us. Score big and come experience what we're all about at Jim Taylor Ford Lincoln in Ruston. Good luck and go dogs. Our special thanks to the staff right here at the Doghouse Sports Grill serving up some of the best food in the area during tonight's show. Make sure you come in and eat where the Bulldogs eat prior to the next Bulldog or Lady Texture home game. The Doghouse Sports Grill where the Bulldogs are always on. Well, the Bulldogs had one more game to play at Middle Tennessee, a Sunday afternoon game. And I thought the Bulldogs kind of set the, the tone of that game in the first inning. Two out, nobody on base, a single by Parker Bates, RBI double by Garcia, a two-run home by Netterville, and out of the chute, the Bulldog had a three-to-nothing lead, and you had Middle Tennessee on their heels right then. Yeah, Keenan was really good. Uh, they pitch. If you look at their numbers, we talked about it going in the series. Number two in the country, K's over walks in the country, not the conference, in the entire country. So they got really good arms, and they had a, a stock uh, – full of them down there in the bullpen that hadn't pitched yet so we knew it'd be a struggle and uh, you're right two two uh two outs i think we got an hbp maybe or Bates got a hit and uh manny with the huge two out double to drive him in from first base and then still steps up and uh gets two run homer right out of the gate three to nothing and that's uh, we have the ability to do that we talked about it all year we can strike quick and uh we can put up a crooked number very very fast and they're probably feeling good about it getting two quick outs and then we get three straight hits and we're up three to nothing and uh, that's what I love about this team. They're never out of it. It doesn't matter. Um, we only need one out. We called them up against Marshall in a game uh, 
and said, hey, we got six to work with. We're acting like we, we only need one. And we <laughs> and before you know it, we're winning the ball game in a, in a big way. So, uh, yeah, it was a huge two-out hit by Manny and uh, Bates to get it going. And Manny and still getting into the uh, – hitting the home run for two run to put us up three to nothing. You know, you know personally, I was glad we finally got uh, the crooked numbers on the board early because, you know, it seems like during the season we wait until about the fifth or sixth inning and we say, okay – Maybe we need to get the offense going. Well, I can assure you that's not the game plan. Dave. That ain't the way we're drawing it up. We want to score every inning, but uh, sometimes things don't work that way. And, uh, you know, we had a, chance, a lot of chances to put the game away, didn't get it done, but we, we held the rope, and I thought uh, Worf was outstanding again. He seems to, to step up every Sunday and, and uh, gave us five innings. Krigger was really good out of the bullpen. We extended him longer than he's been extended all year, gave us four really good innings. Four hits, no runs, four punch outs, and another high-level competitor uh, just wants to uh, be in the fight and loves it and uh, runs to the moment. And, again, he's another guy who had the surgery and breaking ball isn't where it needs to be, but starting to get better. But he's spinning the fastball at a very high rate. It's up there 93-94. So uh, with him and Tompkins in the bullpen able to close out the game, it's a good feeling. And I just felt like this weekend our bullpen pieces stepped up to the forefront, the guys that needed to, and very proud of them for doing so. I asked you, I think, on the postgame show yesterday about uh, Krieger. Uh, he had only thrown three innings was the most he had thrown in any one game, and that was against Rice. Did you have any thoughts at all about going to somebody else in that, uh, that last uh, inning that he pitched? Yeah, of course. Martinez was hot. He was ready to come in. We were getting him. We actually gave him two extra hitters. Uh, one guy, we had, we had phoned down and told him Martinez had the next guy. This is his last hitter. I think he punched him out. So, all right, we'll give him another guy. <laughs> and uh, I just thought he was throwing the ball so good, and and uh, he was throwing strikes, and that, that's important. And we had a, we had a big enough lead, six to one, so we decided to stay with him. And that was probably his last hitter, the last out of the game. If he wouldn't have got him, we'd have probably went to to Greg because he was in his fourth inning. And like you said, uh, he had, he was almost to fifty pitches, and he has not thrown that much since he's come back from his surgery. Well, one thing about it, he doesn't have to pitch again until this weekend. That's, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if there is a beauty to the four-game weekends, but if there is anything, it's you don't have to worry about a midweek, which I love playing. Uh, you get more guys playing time, and True. I just think you get better by playing. But you're right, don't have to worry about uh, pitching again till he'll get his bullpen in and until we uh, get down to Miami this week. Weekend. You know, it's kind of interesting uh, at Middle Tennessee, and I was told, and I think you heard the same thing, they had, uh, I think it was a 10% capacity. That's right. And, and so their COVID-19 sellout was 200 people. Yeah, 10%. Uh, it was it was kind of strange, but uh, <laughs> a lot of the stuff we're living in these days is strange. And, and uh, the, the crowd was definitely not a factor. <laughs> I thought uh, very – we had a lot of fans show up, and I, I couldn't it. be more pleased with uh, Bulldog fans coming up there. And I thought we outnumbered most of their fans, and you could hear them. And, and it's always good when you go on the road and see familiar faces, and they're there cheering you on. And, and uh, it's, uh, again, we, we're we 11-1 and one in league on the road. Uh, we talk about it every week. I, it's no magic potion. I just feel like uh, we play well on the road, and we need to continue to do so because we got our last road trip coming up here this weekend. And, you know, you talk about Tech fans. There's two guys sitting right here. That's right. I they saw were, them in the stands. Yeah, they were there. They were there watching the, the dogs against Middle Tennessee. That's right. We appreciate them. Yeah, I, I tell you, tip your hat to those guys. That's, Absolutely. That's not the easiest overnight trip in it the really world. It really isn't. It's not an easy drive. There's no doubt about it. But uh, <laughs> we had some fans make their way up there. You know, you're talking about uh, winning streaks. Uh, it's the longest uh, streak, I guess, team has had at on the road. 10-game winning streak now for the Bulldogs, a 10-game winning streak, and it's the longest active streak in the country for for baseball. Yeah. So In between doubleheaders, Tyler brought the lineup down and said, just so you know, uh, <laughs> Thanks for telling if you win me. this game, uh, you break the school record. I was like, school record for what? He said, road wins in a row. I said, I appreciate you letting me know before the game started. So That's the kind of thing I need to know when the game's over, not before it started. But we were able to get it done, so. Well, it was, uh, you know, winning that game 6-1. to one, And like you say, Jared Worf uh, actually threw, what was it, 100 and, uh, 102 pitches, pitches in yep. five innings. That's a lot of pitches in 100 in five innings, though. It is. He had five punch outs. And, again, I, I think we talked about top of the show, the ability to stay composed during the delay with all the riffraff going on with the – was it a home run? Was it a ground rule double? Was it a double? <laughs> uh, I mean, it literally – 
10 minutes, 12. I mean, it was forever. I so think 15. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. So, for him to stay composed and stay loose and, and stay in rhythm, now you got runners at second, third, one out. Uh, so, it's very high leverage. It went from not being to very high, and you had a long delay and uh, get a punch out on the next guy. They were at 3-4, too. They had their three and four hole hitters up. So, it's it's uh, it's it's in their favor. Now you got the crowd woke up because uh, the coach has been out there forever. So, they're into it. And I just thought he did a great job staying composed and, uh, getting a punch out in their three-hole hitter and getting the next guy out, and uh, we were able to get out of that inning without giving up any runs. And the Bulldogs went at 6-1. and one. Tech is now 18-6. and six. Is that right? I believe it is in conference play. And uh, right now with a game-and-a-half lead over Southern Miss, they are 16-7. and seven. The Bulldogs are 32-11 and 11 overall. And uh, I had a question. Somebody asked me before the, game, uh, before the show, he person said with 11 games remaining as a head coach what are some of the things that we need to get better on as far as either pitching or hitting or overall well there's always ways to get better I don't think you ever once you think you got it figured out and you, you you're really good that's when you're going to get your teeth kicked down your throat and uh, there's always ways to get better obviously going into this weekend our bullpen needed to get better we needed guys to step up they did when's the last time we played a weekend and Kyle Griffin didn't step into the game he didn't he didn't come into the game this weekend so that tells you right there guys walked into the ball game got on the mound and got the job done and handed the ball to the next guy we didn't have to match up uh, we didn't have to use him for a hitter here or two hitters and then the next game he didn't even play he didn't get in the game when's the last time that happened so uh, we need the bullpen pieces to step up get get better the guys that we're counting on to come to the forefront, and I thought they did that. Uh, you know, it's uh, obviously you can always get better offensively, uh, cut down on some strikeouts, and and uh, do a better job with runners on base. I thought uh, we, you know, Sunday was what was it? Uh, we left a lot of guys, small army on base, and we had plenty of opportunities. Bases loaded, one out, we didn't score, and uh, second, third, one out, I believe we didn't score. We, you got to when you get when as you navigate to the end of the season and into postseason, and you're you're facing real arms and real teams, and you don't punch in, uh, it's going to come back and get you. Uh, we were fortunate it didn't this weekend. But uh, I know our guys are, are, are competing their tails off. I've never I've never questioned this team all year. Uh, are they playing hard? Are they, are, they, are they giving it everything they got? They do. These guys, they come ready to practice every day, all of them. And uh, we, have a, we have a great, great culture in our, in our clubhouse. They all get along. They just love being around each other. And, and uh, they work their tails off, and, and they go into every game doing everything they can to win. And it's baseball. Sometimes you ain't, it ain't going to happen. And uh, you can do everything right and still lose. But uh, there's always areas to get better, a lot of them. Uh, cut down some uh, errors on defense. We can go through all of them. I, I'm always looking for ways to get better. Coaches, all of us, there's somehow, some way we can get better every day. Well, I don't, I've never had, seen a coach or talked to a coach said we had a perfect game. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I don't, I've never been involved in one I, or seen one. I can assure you of that. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, by the way, uh, next week uh, we will not have a show here at the Doghouse. Uh, it will be taped because they're on the road at uh, Miami and uh, they're going to fly back into New Orleans and then stay down there to play LSU on a Tuesday night. So next week's uh, show actually will be – uh, Malcolm Butler and Teddy Allen, they will uh, talk about a lot of the spring sports uh, next week, and hopefully we'll be back then the following week talking about the conference tournament. So uh, that's the little things that are going on just uh, behind the scenes, so to speak. We'll be back and uh, finish it up here from the Doghouse Sports Grill. This is the LaTeX Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Northern Louisiana Medical Center is a nationally recognized and award-winning hospital, but we put emphasis on supporting our local community too. That's why we're proud to support our Louisiana Tech Bulldogs as the official imaging partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics. Support the Bulldogs and Northern Louisiana Medical Center by staying local for your health care. Northern Louisiana Medical Center, quality, community, and excellence of care. Looking for cleaner energy? Propane can do that. When you are cooking with clean, affordable propane, you're cooking with gas. In the wintertime, nothing heats a home like Louisiana propane. And when you need hot water, propane's got you covered. Oh, and you won't regret that propane generator when the power goes out. Fuel for our future. I miss Louisiana Courtney.
Courtney Hammonds. For more information and to find a propane dealer near you, visit louisianapropane.com. Bulldog fans, help the red and blue go green by recycling on Bulldog and Lady Texters game days. In partnership with the City of Ruston, Graphics Packaging International, and Pepsi, Louisiana Tech Athletics is working towards a more sustainable game day. Be on the lookout for the City of Ruston blue recycling bins to dispose all paper, plastic, and aluminum products. While you're watching the game, enjoy a refreshing Pepsi, and then dispose of your bottle in conveniently located receptacles throughout the stadium concourse. Ruston residents, for more information and to sign up for curbside recycling, visit rustonrecycles.org today. Slam dunk your super savings at Super One Foods. While the Bulldogs dominate the court, Super One Foods takes you above the rim with low prices. Get the game-winning assist with our Super Wall of Value Savings. Cashier backing, along with buzzer-beating low prices to feed your team for less. Go Bulldogs and go to Super One Foods. Proud supporters of the LaTeX Bulldogs. Super One Foods. Shop, save, smile. Welcome back to the Doghouse Sports Grill, our final segment on Inside Tech Baseball for this week. And uh, let's talk a little bit about what we have coming up this weekend. Going to Miami to take on Florida International University. By the way, FIU, or Florida International University, probably has the largest enrollment, I think, of any school in the state of Florida and one of the largest in the country. They have about 60,000 students down there. Really? And uh, I was looking at their roster. I may have to take a, a cram course in Spanish or something because we've got some names. guys on our team that can help you out with that. Oh, really? Oh, Manny and George and <laughs> all, uh, yeah, Pablo. we got some guys that can <laughs> can definitely help you out in that area. Well, they've, they've got a lot of them. But, uh, you know, FIU uh, trying to get into the conference tournament. Their runner uh, record right now is 8-16 and 16 in league play. And uh, they're behind Florida Atlantic and Western Kentucky in the Eastern Division. But uh, tell us a little bit about the Panthers. What do you know about them right now? Every time you play them, you feel like you're playing a double-A team. They always have the best talent, I feel, and other coaches do too. You uh, you go down there and play them, and they got guys throwing 95 with sliders, and it's uh, they got guys running and hitting BP. They're hitting balls at 500 feet, and you, you feel like you're playing a professional team. It's like playing a double-A team, and you better be ready because they're very talented. They, they're in a hotbed of baseball. They, oh, yeah. They're in Miami. So uh, there's really good players down there. And uh, every year we've played them, I just feel like they're very talented and you got to be ready to go because uh, they can get you. And, and uh, it's a tough place to play, obviously. It's a tough trip because we got to fly and, you know, we don't get the charter, so we're going to have to connect and all that stuff. No, we got to direct, but we'll fly to New Orleans. And we come back and, and uh, we'll stay down there in Baton Rouge and play LSU on that Tuesday. But uh, a lot going on. It's our last road trip and really hadn't dove too much into FIU, but do know they got really good arms and uh, they're very very talented they always are if you you can just go look at their recruiting classes every year it's uh they're going to be ranked up there in the top 25 every year in their recruiting classes because they get some really good players in that area and i was looking at the stats very quickly uh they've hit uh they've only hit 20 i think 26 or 28 home runs so they're not a a power laden team are they it doesn't know i mean they're gonna they're gonna play more like middle tennessee not that quite aggressively and they're gonna rely on their pitching um, they got some guys that can drive the ball out of the ballpark and, and, uh, you know, they've been hit by the draft too, a lot. They, they get a lot of guys drafted. They sign out of high school that end up signing professionally. And, uh, yeah, they, they, it look, it's, <laughs> we can look at numbers all we want. It told us middle Tennessee can't hit, but we go up there and they, they're knocking balls all over the place Friday night. So it's, uh, it's baseball, it's day to day, it's inning to inning. And, uh, you know, you look, you're sitting there Saturday night in a hotel, and you're going, you know what? We're, we've won the series three to nothing. We could easily be 0 3 right now. It's everything is that close. And I don't think people realize it. It's, it's nerve wracking. It's close. Everything's under a microscope. It's always high leverage. It just seems like uh, you're sitting there going, man, this could easily have went the other way. I mean, one pitch here or there. Uh, that's why I think it's so impressive what our guys are able to do on the road and, and find a way to win these games. You know, you, you were talking just a moment ago about. Uh, how this closeness of this ball club and something I noticed just riding on the bus from, you know, from the hotel, you know, to the ballpark, every game I've been with teams where, you know, the coach is sitting there twiddling his thumb saying, okay, when's so-and-so going to get on the bus? I don't see that with this baseball team. There's guys on the bus 
15 minutes before the bus is even supposed to be leaving. They're ready to play. They're, that, they're ready to get to the ballpark. You yeah. know, that, that impresses me. Absolutely. You know, that they're, they're that ready to no, play. No, they are. It's good kids. We have good high-character kids. They, they like each other. They like playing. They like competing. And trust me, baseball is a little different than the other sports. We have a lot of downtime. We're on the road. So those guys are ready to get on the bus and get, get going and get to the ballpark. And, uh, yeah, you don't ever have to worry about it. We did have a situation this year. I won't name a name. This will be one of those stories. I know our players aren't listening there to text me, but we actually had to leave a young man. Uh, he was a little bit late, but he found a way to get to the ballpark. So I think that probably um, took care of that. Yeah, he uh, he ended up having uh, probably the best couple games he's ever had. So sometimes <laughs> it uh, – but yeah, it's uh, our guys. They, they they do things the right way. I know we got knuckleheads. Everybody does, but uh, for the most part, they're good kids, and they they do good in school. They're good in the community, and they they're really good on the baseball field. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, they're they're easy to coach. It's a I've, I've coached teams where it wasn't like that, and it's like pulling teeth, and you and you got you got to tell them call so and so. Is he coming to the bus? And and uh, but you're right. I appreciate you saying that. They they're ready to go. They're ready to get on that bus and go compete. We had we had one player when I was at AAA in Oklahoma City. We were flying to Louisville to open up the season. Well, he misses the flight. Well, he gets fined two hundred dollars, which you can do at the pro level. He gets fined two hundred dollars for missing the flight. Then he had to pay for a flight out of his own pocket to get to Louisville. Guess what? He didn't miss another flight the rest of the no, year. No, I, I wouldn't think so. His <laughs> alarm clock probably worked after that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or whatever excuse he That's had. That's right. right. You know, you look at the standings right now, uh, Charlotte and Old Dominion had quite a battle this weekend in the Eastern Division. They'd played eight straight games against each other, four in Charlotte and four in Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, right now in the East, Charlotte is 18-6, and six and Old Dominion is 17-7, and seven, and that's really a toss-up in the East there too. Yeah, they went 4-4 four and four against each other, and uh, the home team went in three games, which is kind of different than our deal with Southern Miss. And, uh, yeah, the home team went three and one in both their series, and and uh, they've obviously separated themselves as the best two teams on that side of the conference. And we'll get to see Old Dominion at the end of the year. I know they're really good, and they're having a great year. They're ranked, and RPI is way up there. So it'll be exciting to play them in non-conference two games at the end of the season uh, before we get into the conference tournament. I think you've talked about it before, but why do you get the Old Dominion two games at the, after the season is over a non-conference? Well, they've took took us from 10 to eight weeks and they took away the opening weekend and the last one so uh, we, we had to schedule non-conference games opening which would have been the uh, sixth weekend of the season opening weekend of league play in the last weekend because we're not playing conference at those two weekends and it's really hard to find somebody to play the last weekend of the season it's not easy because there's not a lot of openings so old dominion reached out it originally was rice and it fell through and then old dominion reached out and said hey uh, we'll come down there a week early, and we'll get the best hotel in town, and uh, and we'll play you if you want to play two games. Absolutely, uh, we don't want to take an entire week off. And a lot of people are doing that in our league. I know FIU is playing Southern Miss on their way here, and there's some other teams playing in in league. It won't count as conference just to keep playing uh, to prepare for the tournament. In the Western Division, Louisiana Tech, uh, actually the Bulldogs and Charlotte have are tied for the best record in conference play right now at 18 to 18 and six. So, you know, I, I don't know how that tiebreaker is going to work out as far as the number one seed is concerned if it stays that way. Yeah, I, I don't either. That's for the people at the office to figure out. We've we've <laughs> discussed my math history at this show. Uh, don't, don't ask me to, to try to figure that out. So uh, I just go out and coach ball and try to win games and let the, the, let the smarter people figure out all those numbers. I think Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss are definitely in the conference tournament along with Charlotte and Old Dominion. And then the third place team in the East right now is Florida Atlantic. They are tied with Western Kentucky, so that's up for grabs. In the Western Division, UTSA has now moved ahead of Middle Tennessee, and uh, then they'll take the best two teams out of the top three, out of the top three, that would get uh, the the number seven and number eight. Uh, I guess, seeded teams in the conference tournament. Is that correct? The top three teams, each side go, and then the best two records overall. Right. It doesn't matter which, uh, which, side which they division are. they're in. So it'll be the top three and then two best records following that. Yes. And just a reminder, this weekend at Miami, uh, the Friday night game will be at 6 o'clock Central Time. It'll be a 1 o'clock doubleheader on Saturday afternoon. And then set your alarm clocks for Sunday morning. It's an 11 a.m. First pitch on Sunday morning from Miami. 
So, uh, of course, I guess uh, it'll probably be a time limit on that because you guys are flying back. Yeah, we actually don't have a flight till 1030 that night. So oh, I, think, okay. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll uh, be able to get it in. And then so. uh, 630 on Tuesday night, uh, you play at LSU. So Correct. You, you know, you have 11 regular season games basically left before the conference tournament. Boy, the season is coming to a halt Flying very by. quick. It's unbelievable. It always does. You get in the, in the middle of it, and it just uh, it starts going, and it doesn't stop. And it, every year it just seems like they go faster and faster. And, you know, you talk about a guy like Parker Bates, some of those older guys, those six-year or fifth-year seniors, and uh, I love asking them, doesn't it seem like just yesterday you were walking in here as an old baby-faced freshman, and they're like, it's unbelievable how fast it really goes. And, uh you know, it's 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 it, it's holding true to form. The season's flying by; it ain't slowing down. That's for sure. And if you if you're on the losing end and having a losing record toward the end of the season, you say, "Boy, I just can't wait till this season's yeah, over." That's when you're on the calendar marking them off as, yeah. as you go by, so yeah, praying right. for a little rain, maybe. <laughs> Lane, appreciate uh, coming on again tonight and again next week's. Uh, uh, inside Tech Baseball or Inside Spring Sports uh, will be taped. Then hopefully we'll be back here in two weeks. We'll talk about the conference tournament, uh, what's coming up, which the Bulldogs are hosting at the new Love Shack. That's going to be a lot of fun. And we're at 100% capacity, so yep. we should have some great crowds. And, uh, yeah, yeah, have some people <laughs> there and uh, getting rowdy. That's what we want. Yeah. I'll tell you, it is. Thanks for everyone coming. Our thanks to Elton Taylor, our engineer here at the Doghouse. Hope to see you again in two weeks for Inside Tech Baseball right here at the Doghouse. For Lane Burroughs, I'm Dave Nitz. So long, everybody.